What's going on, people of the world? How y'all doing out there? This is SKD, Sidekiss of the Banger here, live and direct from Los Angeles, California. Hope y'all doing well, hanging tight during this pandemic. Hopefully, uh, praying that you, your family, and friends are safe and sound during these crazy times, because I know a lot of people are being stressed with this isolation, not be able to see their friends they want to, not be able to go outside like they like to hang out and go to the beach and chill. I mean, you can actually go to the beach, but it's still kind of, you know, you just got to be very wary of who's close by and who's who's nearby and who's uh, standing by these days, right? Yeah, we're going to have a little conversation here, and I, I get a lot of emails from people asking me, texts, emails, you know, on the message board of when we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, which I never really wanted to at the time because it just seemed like so many things were in play, so many things were in flux. It didn't really seem like there was a message statement out there for what Black Lives Matter wanted to do. Were they protesting, saying, okay, we're going to protest against police brutality, or we're going to protest against quote-unquote systemic racism, quote-unquote institutionalized racism, or what are we protesting? It just seemed to be changing every every day. It was like, okay, what is the message? So what are we saying that Black Lives Matter? And people will say, okay, well, when Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, but who exactly are we talking to to say that Black Lives Matter? Like, my life doesn't matter. I already knew my life matter. My sibling's life matters. My black friend's life matter. The, the whole continent of Africa that's my complexion matters. So what are we talking about? Are we saying that I just never really got, never really flowed with that because we know it matters. And the way that's happening now is what exactly is BLM protesting? I thought it was about protesting against police brutality. Now it seems like we're protesting by taking down statues. We're protesting by cutting off the hot and cutting, you know, going on the highways and blocking traffic. I mean, what is, what is, that's nothing but an inconvenience. Can you imagine if Dr. King and the guys back in the day and the ladies and gentlemen back in the day were blocking off highways during the 60s? They'd probably get run over. Or if they were tearing down statues, they'd probably get shot and probably lynched next to the statue they're trying to take down. So what exactly are we, pro- what, what happened to Black Lives Matter? Like, what are they talking about? And again, who are they saying it to? Okay, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Okay, we know that. I mean, okay, so we always talk about, you know, the statistics come, the statistics come up that more cops are killed every year than black people are killed by the police officers. And people never seem to want to acknowledge that truth. And I know there's a lot of truth that we don't want to acknowledge or protest don't want to acknowledge because it invalidates their protest. For example, one thing that comes up, exactly how does tearing down a statue help out the Black Lives Matter cause? What change is that affecting? Is it, is it affecting uh, um, income, uh, economic disparities? Is it uh, addressing home ownership disparities? Is it addressing educational disparities? So what you told, you told on a statue, oh, wow. Great, we're out there, we're hanging out. Check it out. We tore down this statue. But what changed? How does that affect anything? Right? So now it's like, oh, no, we have to, you know, Bubba Wallace comes out there and says, you know, can you get rid of the Confederate flag because it really makes me feel uncomfortable? So you want to talk about thousands of people have to be have to be inconvenienced from showing their flag because Bubba Wallace feels it's... Okay, I just got a text from somebody I want to talk about. Okay, we'll talk about him, for, for example. This whole news thing. Well, it's not really news. It was a pulley. But what was really weird is that people are telling me that this guy, first of all, I thought Bubba Wallace, I thought he was Anglo. I didn't know he was like biracial. And then, okay, when it comes out that he's biracial, the thing is, why is everybody saying it was a news? It wasn't a news. Everybody, ABL talked about it. Anthony, uh, 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 Brian Logan, he talked about it when he was talking about rumors going around that it wasn't a news. It was a pulley. And that it turns out that the pulley was actually left in that garage from back like last October of 2019. So now everybody's talking about, oh, my God, a news was there, a news was there, a news was there. And then Bobby Wallace said, well, I never actually saw the news. But the thing is, he never came out and said anything when it turned out to be it wasn't a news. It was a pulley.
that you can see on every garage is there. And then the way the the news the pulley was taken was uh, photographed, it made it seem like it was bigger than it really was. So my thing is now when it came out now the thing is what did Bubba Wallace say when it turned to be it wasn't a news the FBI investigated it wasn't a news uh, law enforcement investigated it wasn't a news the, the NASCAR is talking about yes it was a news and Bubba Wallace you have all these yeah I don't get it I just I don't really get it it's like it's like where, where's our dignity where's our where's our pride so everybody comes out and they show they want, they want to show the the camaraderie of NASCAR. So they all get behind him as his car is pushed down the, the, the down the down you know the the racetrack. And then when it comes to it, and Bubba Wallace comes out, and I believe I'm not, I can't remember who the, the racer is that came out and gave him a pat him on his head and gave him a hug and all that kind of stuff. He comes out of his car and he cries and all that kind of stuff. Oh, he's so moved and he's so, he's so honored. He's like, okay, that was a great gesture. And then he runs over to the stands and you know gives you know gives loves, gives palms, says hello, takes photos, whatever. That's great. That's a great gesture. But at the same time, is, is how does that advance the cause? It wasn't even the news. So now, let me tell you what's going to happen. You have a whole lot of people that aren't saying anything. 69% of the people that was revealed two weeks ago are saying that they're, they're afraid to say that they support Trump because they're afraid of getting lynched. They're afraid to say anything as black as matter because you say anything as Black Lives Matter, you get fired. You say anything as Black Lives Matter, you get you have to resign. You say anything as Black Lives Matter, you have to like apologize. You say anything as Black Lives Matter, you have to go up there and say, no, I didn't mean it, I meant this. And then what happens when you have Black Lives Matter on one side, you have this book by Robin DiAngelo, Right for Agility. Yes, I'll talk about that book somewhere down the road. On the other side. And that book is almost, should be considered a war crime it's so bad. So what exactly, let's come, bring it back full circle. What exactly is Black Lives Matter protesting? They're not marching against it. They want to protest. Go, you know what the biggest crime is? It's not police brutality. The biggest crime right now is intellectual brutality with this horrendous educational system that so many of our kids find themselves in. Police, you know, police brutality has nothing to do with my, with my students not want to turn their homework. Police brutality has nothing to do with kids saying to the teachers, I don't want to do anything. Police brutality doesn't, has nothing to do with kids in a ninth grade reading at a sixth grade level, seniors reading at a, at a ninth grade level. Let me tell you an example, and I can back this up very easily. I wish I could upload documents to this, to uh, the website here, what have you, to, to my station. I always do vocabulary with anything I do in class, whether it's the document that we read, whether it's, whether it's the media that we watch, or anything we listen to. And what I tell my kids is, write down every word you don't understand, or any term you don't understand, and we'll go over it. Right? You're probably saying, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, that's fine. Well, it was not kind of cool, the results. Because I find out in ninth grade, the, they, the, 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 the reading level, as one of my middle school told me, because he had the same students, is three years behind. There are basic words like uh, triage. Um, oh, I can't, I, I, next thing you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do an episode where I do nothing but the list that I got back from one of my classes. But they're basic words they don't understand. Hamper, disability, a handicap, decapitate, right? Now, let's go to the seniors who I have in my class, or better yet, more so the 11th graders. It's behind, three years behind. There are words there that are basic terminology, and again, I'm going to do my next show, we're going to talk about it, that they, you sit there, and I'm sitting there saying, how do you not understand what this word means? Like, I don't, I don't get it. These are 11th graders. Now, how do you think that affects our kids now that, because now they got rid of the SATs, now they got rid of the ACTs, now they want to have this adversity test that shows, that looks at the struggles our, our kids are going through through the community, the challenges our kids are having in the community. We're looking at those things right now, right? Okay, fine. So now we have, when you don't have the SATs, you don't have the ACTs, exactly how do we know that the, the student is going to go to a school that's a fit for them? Okay, you got to Berkeley. 
I believe they said the class of students that got admitted to Berkeley this year, that was the large, that, that for the first time, the Latino students outnumber even the Asian students. I believe it's 26.5 to 24.4, respectively, right? Do you know what the admission rate was for black folks that I saw in the same article? 5%. 5%. Oh, yes, they have a black guy that's, that's the dean of the school. Okay, that's great. That's nice. That's joy. What's that supposed to do? 5%. How do you explain that? Right? How do you explain it? 5%. Now, you don't take the SAT. You don't take the, 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 the ACT. You don't take these exams to find out your college aptitude. So now you go to a school where you're academically, your aptitude isn't at that level yet. So now you're going to go over there. You're going to struggle. Now, this is what I see. I'm not talking about some hypothetical equation here that I'm making up. This is literally what I have seen with my own students and other students, what have you. So a lot of my students do very well. They go out, you know, one of my, uh, uh, Lakeen, he got a full ride, I got a gay scholarship, got a full ride offer to Stanford or Columbia. He, well, he got admitted to both schools. He's on my debate team. I want to give a shout out to the debaters, right? A lot of my students doing well. But I know a whole lot of students who graduated every year that go off to the Cal States or go off to the UCs, and you know what happens? They drop out. This is what I'm saying. This is what their classmates are telling me when I see them. How so-and-so dropped out. How so-and-so dropped out. How so-and-so dropped out. Dropped out, dropped out, dropped out, dropped This is the first semester. Because they're not, taking, they're not prepared. And let's not put it on the, academics, the, all, at the all academic institutions that they're not being prepared. Let's put it on the students because let me tell you, where I teach at, they offer it. Well, it's not exactly the deepest SAT prep that I would give. It should be prison camp level, like, you know, hardcore. But anyways, they offer a free SAT prep every year. The first class shows up 2025. You know how many show up the next class? Eight. Maybe eight. Maybe seven. Maybe six. And these are free classes. So how are you gonna say that? How are we gonna say that this system is this system is, is oppressing our kids in education? A lot of our kids don't take it serious. They look at education as being an option. They're not taking it serious. And then when they have a teacher that says, look, I'm not here to hang out with you. I'm here to make sure you are prepared for your future. They get upset. They get mad. Some students do like that. But a lot of them, you'd be surprised how many times I've spoken to students who said they've taken my class. And they'll say, you know, I, I heard that you were evil. You were mean. You were hard, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But your class is a lot of fun. We are learning a lot. I'm like, yeah, as long as you do the work, no one gets hurt. As long as you do the work, you ask questions, participate. I'm not there to fail anybody. I want my students to pass. But yet, Black Lives Matter wants to talk about, even more so, Black Lives Matter wants to protest police brutality, but they only want to protest police brutality as it affects black people. When the police, when that, you know, Tony Tempa, when he was murdered by the police, where was Black Lives Matter? I can go on, the, I can have like 15 names right now of Angles. Say their name. They can't say it. But they want to focus on Brianna. Let me, let's go back to what happened with George Floyd. People were complaining, well, it took about, you know, four days for him to be, the police to be arrested. Four days, four days. Well, where was the outcry in the same city not but a year earlier when, when an Australian woman was killed by a Somalian police officer when she called the police saying, hey, I think someone's breaking in. She ran outside to see the, saw the police car, rammed the police car. You know what happened? The Somalian police officer shot her. They went arrested for, I believe, they, there was no arrest, I believe, for three months. Where was the marches? There was none. So Black Lives Matter, what exactly, what exactly are you protesting? But forget protesting, what exactly are you solving? What is your action plan to solve? We're going to talk about Black Lives Matter organization probably later on this week, whatever. We're going to talk about their mission statement because their mission statement has nothing to do with black people. Their mission statement has nothing to do with black males. 
Their mission statement has nothing to do with strengthening the black family. Their mission statement has to do with some, some of these ambiguities. And remember, they're trained Marxists. They said this. They're about Marxism. They're not about the people. Where, where, is, where is the denunciation of the violence that's that take place in these protests? The, the killings that take place in these protests? The burning that take place in these protests? The looting that take place in these protests? The rioting that take place in these where's, where's Black Lives Matter organization's denouncement? Where? Yes, one of the agendas they want to address is trans, uh, the, the, the rights of transgenders, whatever. Well, that's, I shouldn't be surprised because one of, them is married to a, one of them is married to a transgender male. I believe her last name is Garza or something like that, whatever it may be. So, so the thing is, what are we protesting? Where are the solutions? Where can you say, I'm, I'm tired of going, you go to YouTube and see all these talking heads. We talk about the problem, we talk about the problem, we talk about the problem, we talk about the problem. But they don't, they don't put any solutions into practice and say, look, this is what I have done. I don't care if it's black liberals. I don't care if it's black, black, uh, it's black conservatives. I believe his name is John Merriweather. He's linguistic. linguistic. I love when he talks because he talks about the way you want to address the, 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 the grammar. And we all talk about what Rucker is doing when it comes to grammar of black people. He says, students should be taught in this way that will help them with their vocabulary. I said, there we go. A solution he should know because he teaches that stuff. But where's the solution? All we're doing is protesting. So Black Lives Matter, what are you really about? You want to say, oh, they're, they're protesting against black lives in Europe. They're protesting for black lives in Africa. Well, seriously? We're saying, hands up, don't shoot in England, where most of the cops don't carry guns anyways. But what everybody seems to forget is, in Europe, they're protesting against the, the, the educational inequities as related to black people or immigrants, what have you. They were already protesting. There was no solidarity with the people here with them over there. All across Africa, they were protesting against uh, uh, um, uh, corruption in the governments, oppression by law enforcement. Harass- oh, they are already protesting. But we want to make it seem like because George Floyd died, that he was the spark that led these protests in Europe, in Africa. And- no! So we have to come back again. What Black, Black Lives Matter, what exactly are you protesting? What? Better yet, more so, what is your solutions? I don't want to, I'm not interested in seeing a whole group of Anglos on their knees give, reciting some kind of oath to take beat me nice to black people. That means nothing. There's rioting, there's looting, people getting murdered, getting killed on the highways, blocking highways, all this kind of stuff. And then what? And more so, you're seeing a whole lot of Anglos participate in these marches. But they're not talking about universal health care anymore. They're not talking about raising the, uh, the, uh, the what's that word, the starting salary. They're not doing that. So my thing is, Black Lives Matter, get your act together. And you better come up with a plan. And more so, you better come up with a solution. And you need to put that solution in practice somewhere. Saeed Kessa Dabinga, SKD, live and out. Y'all take care. Be safe. I'm gone.